My name is Jason Samard, and I am the founder of Sims Coaching Systems. I'm here with my co-founder, Joe Moretti, and we're here on the Seven Figure Real Estate Podcast, the podcast you didn't know you even needed. Everyone, get your notepads out. Let's go. We're going to bring you value week over week, and we're actually going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to make you laugh out loud. Subscribe to our channel. Check the content out. If you're looking to take this to a whole nother level, we got you covered. We're now officially starting the podcast. I got a bone to pick with you. Here we go. I got a bone to pick. You got a bone to pick with me. Yeah. Hit me. Joe is so, like, he's so guarded with the kind of person Mm -hmm. he likes to put out there. He's very guarded. He doesn't always show it, like, the true Joe. I'm very much like, what you see is what you get. There is nothing holding, there's nothing that I'm holding back. I'm always being my full transparent self. You, my friend, not. You're holding back. There's an edge in there. There's another side to Joe Moretti. And I need to see more of that because I feel like I'm alone on an island and you just like, let me be that bad cop to your good cop and you just love it. But like, you know, ultimately, Joe, I need a badass out there with me. Join the island, bro. Join the island. So here's, here's the thing, though. Know, it's funny. A lot of people say like, yeah, one day I'm going to get to know the real Joe. I don't think a lot of people can handle the real Joe. So Joe is just, at, I guess, what am I, Joe 2.0, 3.0? Joe Schmo. 5.2, Joe Schmo. I don't even know anymore. But for me, I've just, I've learned a lot in my 40, I'll be 44, I'm coming up to 44, man. So I've also got a little experience on you. I used to be a young fella like you. <laughs> Four and a half years. Makes <laughs> Four, a world it's a huge difference. That's like, 10, that's like 10% of my life, man. That's true. If you put it that way. Right? 10% that's, of your life. That's a, that's a big gap. It's a big gap. So one thing I've learned is uh, honestly, like sometimes like words do hurt. And I, I try to just, I, I also, try, also try to know my audience and, I, and I've started kind of working on that. And do I give messages always like I should? Probably not. And I think that I fall into a trap that a lot of leaders fall into. And it's not that I want to be liked, but I try to be sometimes a little bit too kind and I think it can sort of dull the message down. So that's actually something that I've really started working on in the last few months is just being a lot more direct. And people respect that directness sometimes. And there's also other people that really need that soft message. So I'm trying to know my audience better, but just convey messages differently. So any leaders out there watching, maybe you're in the same trap that I am, that you're, I just want to be liked. I want everybody to be happy, but you're not going to get that. Because a lot of times you're missing the boat on some of those critical conversations to help people create abundance in their life by you trying to like kid glove stuff. So know your audience. So it's not, yeah. You know what? For most of my life, I've been a pretty good chameleon. I've generally played it fairly safe kind of in the, in the middle and try to like have everybody like me. But as I get older, the less that I want to be that person, the more I want to stand for something. I don't know what that is, but like I want to stand for something, you know, and I love, I guess I love being a little bit of a shit sometimes. You know that about me. I just, oh, I just, I've known you a long time. Man. I love it, but I don't, I, I don't do it to hurt anybody. That's the difference. If I know I've hurt you, I'll beat myself up over it. You know this about me. I will literally like for days beat myself up over, over it. Right. But I do love having a little bit of fun, a little bit of an edge, but you need to know your audience as a leader. For example, mm-hmm. before this call, Joe, you're like, Hey, we've got these coaching students. They just, they need you to really ramp it up and they really need you to be really difficult with them. So I recorded a message that was like, whoa. And our lovely good friend here, Paige, producer Paige was like, oh my God, if you said that to me, I'd probably cry. 
right? And I'm like, of course. And I would never send that to her, ever, in a million years because I've gotten to know Paige over the years and I just know what she would respond to and what she wouldn't. Like, there's just things that you just, I wouldn't say to her, right? But there's things that I would say to you that oh, for would sure. be different. And you could be very direct with me because I like that direct, like, I like direct. I like people tell me, hey, Jason, you need to be better at this or, hey, you can't do this. Or, like, I love that. Mm -hmm. Where some people, it will literally shatter their self-confidence. They'll literally be like, oh, my God, you think that about me? And they, they will get in their head and it's, like, this big thing. And they just are the type of people that constantly mm -hmm. need positive reinforcement. I don't need positive reinforcement all the time. I actually, because I'm, I guess my father probably was that guy who's like, there was always more that I could do. You had the same father. Oh, I did. We had the same father. I did. I, did. I responded to it differently. I think you were very, like you, you and I have talked about this, like the way your dad was really didn't have the most positive impact on you at times. I think it shaped you. Oh, it definitely but like, shaped you. You have like PTSD at times with how he communicated to you. Whereas my dad, for whatever reason, it, it, I, I'm able to disconnect that a little bit better. My sister and I, same upbringing, same parents, and she has PTSD the way that you do from the upbringing. So it's very interesting that we could literally have the same parents, same everything, and have different experiences. So the point that I'm trying to make here is as a leader, you have to get to know your people and know what they'll respond to and what they won't. Some people respond really well to positive reinforcement. Some people like that really in-your-face, harsh reality stuff. And some people are in between. Mm -hmm. So it's complicated. Like, it's difficult. It is, it's, and, it's, and it's tough because it's your job as a leader to figure that out. Because people aren't always going to tell you. Like, again, for me for me growing up, like, I had the most amazing childhood anybody, anybody could possibly have. And for me, you know, yeah, like, I look back and I was just like, oh, shit. Right? And I wouldn't even say it's, it's PTSD, but you think about how you got shaped and, and your upbringing... And then as a father, you try to then sort of filter that and then try to be a better parent than the generation before. And I think that, you know, my dad's like firmness, directness, and just intensity helped me become a better parent because you almost sort of learn what, what you didn't respond to well. Right. And then you learn to course correct. But I think the problem with a lot of people out there, a lot of team leaders is that they don't know their audience, right? They kind of become that one trick pony. And as I said, in the beginning of the podcast, like I've fallen for that. And it's such an easy trap to go down. But I think if you can have an amazing cohort group, a mastermind group or people that can help you plan conversations, that's something that you and I have gotten really, really good at. Like I love giving you feedback. I love it. Cause I know that you want the feedback. And what do I do every single every, time? I was going to say, you have every this time. weird loop where I get to give you the feedback. You get to argue with me and tell me why somebody else is an asshole. That didn't happen. And, and then it's almost, it's almost like the seven stages of grief. And then it just ends with acceptance. You're right. I did that. Every time. It's this whole song and dance, man. Every time. But at the same time, like I've learned that that's how it's going to be. So I need to go in with real world examples. I can never say, well, somebody gave us feedback. Because you stop it. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? So I, so I got to like massage that. I hate, I hate. So first off, if you are a part of a team or you're talking to somebody, don't speak on behalf of everybody. I hate when people do that. Well, it's, bullying. it's like bullying. Yep. Right. Well, everybody feels this way. No, you feel this way. Maybe you've had conversations with people and they just agreed with you because humans tend to do that. But you feel this way. Own what you feel. 
Don't say everybody feels this way because, well, who's who's everybody? Please give me all the names. Well, just speak exactly. for yourself. I can't speak for you. I can say I feel this way. This is my thoughts on it. And you might want to have conversations with other people because I think there may be other people that feel the same way. And so that's important to be able to like have the conversations but speak for yourself because I hate when people do the whole group thing or when people are like look to a group to find other people to sort of like misery loves company. I was going to say that. Don't be that person. Like being a leader is lonely. I get it. It's easier to find people that will agree with you and you'll find people that agree with you on anything that you want. Like literally you could be like, Hey, I'm dying of cancer right now. Literally I'm dying of cancer right now, but you'll find a group of people that'll make you believe that you're actually fine and you don't have cancer. You know, like literally you could find anybody to agree with any cause. And that's may be a weird extreme example I just gave, but you kind of get where I'm going. Yep. You can find anything. So be a leader. Being a leader means stand for yourself. That means be accountable to your own words and how you feel. You'll be respected more too. I'll, I'll respect you a lot more if you can say, hey, this is how I feel about what you said. And I wanted mm-hmm. to talk to you about it. And here's the other thing. I, I think a lot of people, they get into this weird hearsay. Well, somebody told me, now I'm going to tell you. And it becomes a bit of a game of telephone and you always end up kind of like holding the bag. So I think when you're giving feedback, if you didn't touch it, taste it, hear it, smell it, feel it, to me, it didn't happen. And I, and I, this was a hard piece because I, again, I, I have a lot of coaching calls, people on our team, people on other people's teams. And they go, well, well, wait a minute. So-and-so said, and they said this, somebody said this. I said, no, that's an opportunity for peer-to-peer coaching. Which is some in some cases is more, I I honestly think it's more impactful than it coming from like a, a top down scenario. Like if you can actually find it within yourself to go find somebody on your team and say, hey, you know, I wanted to talk to you about something. This is what happened. You know, here's how I feel. Here's the impact, and here's how we can work on it going forward. But it's when I say, well, you know, somebody had mentioned to me on the team that they heard that you had brought this forward. That's when you're going to get this just as vicious back and forth as, well, why couldn't they come to me directly? That's the first thing everybody says. So if you're looking at having a critical conversation, the very first thing that you should be doing is stating what you actually, what you actually witness with your five senses. Because if you did not witness it with your five senses, guess what, Jason? As far as you're concerned, it didn't happen. Right. It's non-existent. It's a rumor. It's hearsay. Right. That's number one. Number two is you really need to discuss what the impact was. When I saw this, when I heard this, this is how I felt. It impacted me this way. I. I. It's not you did this. It's I felt this way when Mm -hmm. you said that. Because I'll tell you, I don't know. Look at me, man. I'm okay letting myself down. I had like 10 years of eating like shit. I'm okay letting myself down, but I'm not going to be okay letting you down. Right, so bring somebody else in because people. Then all of a sudden, people go, "Oh, I, I'm sorry, I let you down." Immediately, that guard goes down, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know." So to discuss the impact that it had on everybody on the team, that's very, very important. Is people miss the impact because they're too busy nitpicking over what the behavior was. Here's a tip for everybody listening. This is a takeaway that I want you to get. Okay. Most people are okay living an existence where they're like, I don't, don't give me any feedback. Just let me coast through life and I don't want any feedback. Okay. Cause uh, honestly, I don't want to have to look myself in the mirror. I just want to like, just ride through life. 
Here's what I would suggest that you do. Do the opposite of that. Look for feedback. Hey, mm -hmm. Joe, I'm trying to be the best version of myself and you're somebody that I have a lot of respect for and I actually genuinely value your opinion. Would you be able to like give me some feedback, good or bad, and maybe some balanced feedback, some of my strengths that you see and maybe some areas that you feel I can improve on? And one thing I'm going to promise you, Joe, is that anything we talk about, I'm going to weigh it carefully. I'm not going to react to it. And it doesn't affect our friendship. I'm asking for you to be very honest with me because I want to be better. Mm -hmm. Would you be willing to do that for me? Absolutely, Jason. And you can do this with people that you're close to. And based on how they view the world and how they are, they may give you slightly different perspectives. But if you go to like the people you're closest to, say five people, and you get that, you'll probably start seeing some commonalities and you're going to be given a gift. This is a gift. What lessons can I learn? How can I be better? And instead of being like, oh my God, I suck. Be like, hey, I have a gift now. I know how to be better. They've literally given me exactly what I can improve on to be a better version of me. Tomorrow, I can be better. And if you start viewing the world, you start viewing your relationships, every interaction that way, you'll grow as a person. And this is how you start breaking away from being average and mediocre and like everybody else. And this is where you can start becoming excellent in different mm -hmm. facets of life. And understand that being a leader means you will stand for something and you will offend people along the way. But as long as you can take accountability for, where, for what you believe in and what you stand in, and you can look something and say, well, I feel this way because mm -hmm. I feel this way, not because anybody else. You'll be respected more. People respect people that stand for something, even if you don't always agree. Yeah. But be willing to hear other people's perspectives too. I think that's really, really important. I think we've lost that in, in discourse. Would I be happy to sit down with somebody who may view the 72 genders idea different than me? Of course I would. Because I'd like to understand where they're coming from. You may not agree at the end of the day, but I can still respect that person because they're human. Every human deserves respect and dignity. Every single one of them. You just can't expect everybody to see the world the way that you do. You know, I think it's, it's again, when you're looking at feedback and regardless of what the topic is, sitting down and having a respectful conversation, I think it can happen anytime, anywhere, but you have to be open to it, right? Like don't ask for feedback if you know you're going to argue. Right. And we kind of talked about, about your example, but at the same time, like at the end of it, the one thing I, I, I love probably the most about working with you is if I give you feedback, I can actually listen. I can listen and I can hear it. I can touch it, taste it, smell it. Feel it that you actually take that feedback and you run with it. And I always try to do the same. And we share a lot of, well, you actually share a lot of like, you know, sales tips and this and that. And it's funny because you probably hear me on the feedback, right? Trying to be better. And I think that it's all about aligning yourself up with people that are in that same slipstream, right? People that want to do better, that want more. And honestly, a lot of people want to bury their heads in the sand. Well, guess what? I mean, you're going to get the same thing tomorrow that you had today. And the definition of insanity is thinking it's going to change. But guess what? It's not. Right. So here's what I'll say, right? If you need to be surrounded by those people who are going to help elevate you, move you forward, and give you that feedback, Jason, where can people go? Well, you know what? Start finding different circles. Mm -hmm. Start finding different groups that you can be a part of. Right? You can find people that align with your viewpoints. You can find people that have similar interests. You can find different groups like us. Right? If our message resonates with you and you're like, hey, I want to level up in life. I like mm -hmm. the fact that these guys are big on 
personal accountability, you know, being the best version of myself and you're wanting to break free of the mediocrity pack, no offense, but like we're trying to be excellent at what we do. We're trying to be the best at what we do. We're trying to elevate ourselves. And that means we're looking for excellent people who have potential. Maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're at a three or four out of 10 on your potential in life, but you want more for yourself and you know, you've made the decision that you want more. You're the kind of person I love working with because that's me. Joe, what did I tell you a year ago? I would have rated myself on a scale one to 10 in my potential and how I felt. Either like three or four. Yeah, it was low. We, we just had this conversation. Yeah. Right? And if we were driving back from grabbing some steaks, we have these weird lunches in the office now. We eat dinner, have like yeah. two dinners a day. And it's funny, I, I, you were talking about potential and you said, you know, Joe, if I look at your potential, you're at a five. No, I gave you a four. No, you gave me a five. You gave me a five. Did I give you a five? Trust me, you think I'm going to forget that? Do you honestly? Okay, okay, well. Oh, man. So this is getting worse. This is getting worse. Okay. All right. okay I'm, I gave I'm you at a five. five. No, you said when I started, I was at a three. Yeah, now you're a five. Now I'm you're a five. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. you're right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't, Joe, be, don't be demoting Joe, me. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but I meant that as a compliment. And that's what I'm getting at, right? To me, that was a compliment. That's like, okay, well, how do I at least get myself to a six by the end of March? Now, if I'm a six at the, end of the Mar- at the end of March, well, how do I get to maybe a seven by the end of May? So what can I do to be differently? And that's the beautiful thing, again, about this relationship is I know that you'll give me some of those cheat codes just like I will you. Hey, here's something that you can do. Here's something that I heard. So don't be scared. Totally. Right? Open yourself up. And a lot of people got pissed off. Oh, some oh people get God, really insulted. Five, a five. Are you kidding me? You asshole. A five? Wow. But that's how but, that's how much upside I see in you. See, my problem is I see upside in everybody, right? I look at Paige, I look at Ryan, I look at all these amazing people that I surround myself with, and I see their genius. I can't help it. Like It's like you know people that can see ghosts or whatever. I see people's potential. I literally walk around and I see it. And it's so hard for me as a leader to sit back and watch somebody underperform to their potential. But I've learned to bite my tongue. Because I can see it, but if they don't see it or they're not prepared to see it, it's not up to me to try and motivate them. But if they ask the right questions and they're showing that they want to be a better version of themselves, I'll be the first person to be there to encourage them and, and nudge them along the way. And I've watched amazing people that I surround myself with become better versions of themselves and improve in so many facets. It's, it's really inspiring to see. But when I said that to you, I didn't say it because... I thought you were no. a loser. I don't think you're a loser at all. I think you're incredible. Well, then I would really would have been a four. But I see your upside. I see mm-hmm. how much more is in there and working with you. And I see how much you're implementing and trying to be like the best version of you. And so as your brother, you know, that's kind of like the relationship I build with you, man. Like you're a brother to me. I want to push you to be that best version of you. Because listen, I don't want you to be the guy with regret one day that looks back and is like, oh, I could have been. I want you to look back and be like, I did. Well, there's, I mean, sort of two things while, while we wrap this up. I mean, one of my favorite quotes, Chase Salisbury on our team gave me this one. The true definition of hell is when the person you become finally meets the person you could have been. And it will happen for everybody. There will be that day of reckoning where you're like, ah, oh, I could have played, I could have played shortstop for the Yankees, man. But I guess I didn't want it enough. That's number one. Number two, can you do me a huge favor? Stop. Can you whisper into the microphone? I see people's potential. I see people's potential. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that movie. What was that movie with? Uh, I uh, see dead people. Yeah. yeah. I see potential. <laughs> it's true. I can't help it. I can't help it. And yeah. this is why, like, 
I'm so like anti-woke and like that whole like victim stuff because I'm so opposite to that. Like I take self-accountability. I believe that we all can be better. So that's why I probably get so triggered by people that are like, oh, it's everybody else's fault but my own. I, I really struggle with that. Because it's like, well, if you were empowered, looked in the mirror and looked inward and thought, I can be a better version of me, everything around you would be better. And you wouldn't be the victim that you are. Why would you strive to be a victim in life? Like, that's not a good place to be. You should strive to be somebody that wants to be the best version of you, whatever that looks like. And everybody has different upsides and different superpowers and gifts. But it's really fun to see people start excelling and finding their way in life. And it's just, it's motivating. It's nice to be around that. But sadly, a lot of people are okay with just coasting through their own life and not finding out who they could really be. And it's sad because they will have to face that one day and they will look back on it and realize I could have been. Could have been. Guys, subscribe to our channel. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this today. Always appreciate the time that we put into this. And uh, my friend, as always, go.